Welcome to the Teachers Matter podcast, where we share stories, strategies, and wisdom to inspire your teaching and enhance your life. We'll go beyond the theory by sharing tips, tools, and actions that will help you to create a positive difference in your life at home and school. With your hosts, Karen Tui Boys and Megan Gallagher. Welcome back. We have a book review that we're going to be sharing with you today. So I'm Karen Tui Boys. I'm a champion for lifelong learning. And I'm Megan Gallagher, and I'm a teacher, a coach, and a writer, and I am passionate about teachers and their well-being. And this book is so, so important when we start thinking about well-being. I can't wait to share it. Such a nerd. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this book is called Belonging by Owen Eastwood. And Owen is actually a New Zealander and living in the UK at the moment. And not only did we read this book for our Teachers Matter book club, we also got to talk to Owen after we'd read it and interview him, which was very exciting. Oh, that was amazing. And and such a genuinely really neat person. (laughs) Absolutely. Just real, right? The authenticity just came out of him, which was just, just gorgeous. So... But belonging is about the ancient code of togetherness. So Mm. let's unpack this, Meg. What do you reckon? So basically what Owen does is he very carefully, very cleverly brings in ancient cultural knowledge into this modern context of group dynamics and leadership and and belonging. And he bases a lot of this around whakapapa, which is a Māori concept of connectedness and he, he calls it an unbroken chain that, that links us from our past and into the future. And it's actually, our whakapapa tells us who we are because of where we've come from and then where we're going. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And he talks about whakapapa as being a personal thing, but also being a group thing. And it, and it exists in groups all around the world and teams and, and the culture of the team. So yeah, I found that I I loved I loved the inclusion of drawing from that ancient wisdom to be able to inform what we do in this modern world. Yeah, there was something that really got me too, which was something that was quoted in 2015, so more of our modern world. But and why belonging is so important is he said that after a cardiac arrest, the strength of the individual's social network is greater predictor of survivability than the exercise, nutrition, and medication that they could be on. And so this idea of feeling like we belong, feeling like we have a place, is it's about our survival. Yeah, it is. And it goes back to back to our origins. You know, humanity has has survived because of our and thrived because of our ability to connect with others. You know, and if, if you go, you look at it from a baby, you know, I'm, I'm currently reading another book, Born for Love by Dr. Bruce Perry. And lots of, uh, lots of other people who talk about attachment theory talk about this. As babies, we're born with the least ability to care for ourselves of any, mm. any animal that's born in the world. You know, we are completely and utterly dependent on somebody else for our survival. We can't, we can't walk. We can't feed ourselves. We, we can do nothing without others. And so that attachment to others is vital for our survival. 
and we learn in our first three years about how to attach to others and and then that helps us to thrive in the communities that we live in and so we belonging is something that's just a vital essential need I want to point this out because he says this actually closer to the end of the book. He talks about the rise of the internet and media is fueling the illusion of belonging and the reality of disconnection from real tribes that have always anchored us to our sense of self. And so there's a lot of people going, oh, you know, I connect online all the time. But I think there's there's a difference for many of our kids who don't feel like they truly belong and they're always looking for connection because they don't have that sense of self yet. Well, and and when you look at these online environments where they're connecting, one, the relationships are really superficial. Mm. So it's it's not really about the deep person. It's not about who you are. And in fact, when you're online, you can be anybody, right? So you don't even even have to expose yourself. You don't have to expose yourself to being vulnerable in in that setting because there's all these other things in the way. And I think that's that's something for our, our children that they they desperately need is they need to feel like they belong. They need to feel connected. And they and they know, won't necessarily get that in an online environment. Mm. So one of the things I know that Owen talks about is the four chemicals that are really important. And so he talks about oxytocin, the mm. chemical of empathy and connection. Talks about serotonin, which guides our mood. Talks about dopamine, which shifts from our motivation, from self-preservation to being able to meet others where they're at. And then our endorphins, which signal movements of social bonding. And Mm. so that we have this need for all of these chemicals. And so how do we do this in a school? Because I think this is the the key part of this. Yeah. Look, one of the things is he talks about as a leader, our mission is the well-being of the group. And in order to have the well-being of the group, it needs to be the well-being of the individuals within the group and then the group as a whole. And I think I think for leaders in schools, and that's not only the principals or school boards, this is about team leaders and, and in our classroom, about us as the leader, as the teacher, that we are there to serve the group and to ensure that it is it has a strong sense of well-being. And I love I love the idea of we being bigger than me. You know, it's so, I don't even know if it's easy, actually, to be honest, but there seems to be something that appears to be easier to be thinking just about me. But when I take it out of myself and I start to think about we, my whole my whole perspective shifts. And actually, it's quite, it's, it's quite a protective thing to start thinking about the well-being of us as a group as, as opposed to just me. Because when I care about others, they care about me. When I care about the group and see the group thriving, I get a sense of thriving and achievement too. So it doesn't all have to rest on me. Mm. And there's something really powerful in that. And I, you know, look, I come from an organisation where we actually trained our teachers to avoid using the words I and me and use the words, the collective words of we and us to help engender that sense of belonging. And it was actually it actually had quite a powerful um, quite a powerful effect on groups that we worked with. It was really interesting. Mm. I know you and I've talked about this before. And so, where does the role of the self fit into this? So, for me, the self is part of the group. 
and that the group wouldn't be the group it is without the individuals in it. And I love how Owen talks about, you know, that, that we is bigger than me, but we don't necessarily need a them. You know, you don't need an opposing group to define who you are. Because, you know, like that's something that I think in a lot of Western societies, we, we have this thing that if, if I've got an opinion and I've got people around me who have the same opinion, now we are a group and then we can't, if you've got a different opinion, you can't be part of this group because you don't. And we see that happening everywhere and social media is a perfect place to see that. But I th what I really liked about that was that actually we can move away from needing us and them conversation and by saying actually if, if us is big enough and broad enough and we're really clear on our values and the stories that we tell of where we come from, we can make space for lots of different people who want to belong to this group and who want to be here. And actually our story evolves through the different people who come and join us and share their stories. And so then we move forward into the future, building and growing and shifting and changing. And I think that's quite beautiful. So it's not just concentrating on the entire group as, as a oneness. It's also being able to, I think you said this earlier as well, being able to work with the individuals and where they're at and what they need as well, but for the greater good, for the bigger whole. Yeah. And, and it's through understanding that everybody has a role to play in moving our story forward. So we know where we've come from. And we're moving forward, taking that knowledge, that wisdom, the values of who we are, and then moving them forward and evolving them as we grow. And it's as we grow as a group. I think you do this really nicely in your class, Meg, because you have like a class theme and some class mantras. Do you want to talk about those? Yes, because some of them are yours. <laughs> so in, in our classroom, we have, so we think about ourselves as the place to stretch and grow. Or in my, my most recent classroom, we have the place to strive and thrive. We have a, a class poem that encapsulates our values as a class that we recite to every new person who comes into our classroom. So we have a little welcoming ceremony and part of that is to let them know who we are and what we value so that they can see where they fit or you know what how they fit or what they contribute to this group. We also have a motto. And this comes from the fabulous Karen Tui boys. You've got to go through hard to get too easy. And we and we parrot that and we it is almost it is, is almost brainwashing, but in a good way. Um, so everybody who comes through our classroom knows that, you know, this is this is the place to stretch and grow or the place to strive and thrive. And to do so, we've got to go through hard to get to easy. We have shared language. We learn about the brain, and so lots of our stuff goes back to that. Belonging is actually a really core cool part of of my planning. It's it's a core cool part of my planning for the year and then my planning in every day. So at the start of the year, we do lots and lots of stuff around coming together as a group, around knowing each other and identifying our strengths and learning about each other's stories and how they all knit and tie together and how we're connected and how then we can grow and, and stretch and grow or strive and thrive together. And then each day we have we have a morning meeting where we come together again as a group. This is a chance for us to connect, to get clear on where we're going for our day. We have some traditional things we do. We wata, we do a karakia, so we sing and we, we say sort of a chant together or a prayer, 
well, if you prefer, and we will do some learning tasks together that's quite engaging and short and quick and sweet so that we can get back into the zone of being at school. Um, at the end of the day, we have our another circle time where we all come together. We do our triple A's, which is where we share something we appreciate from the day, something we want to apologise for if anybody's got an apology they want to make so that we can make peace before we go home and any ahas we might have, which is anything new or interesting that's occurred to us or we've learned or we've found out over the day. And this is another really nice nice spot for connection and to ensure that sense of belonging, because this is just what we do in our class every day. And so this is who we are. And, and those traditions, those rituals that we have or routines that we have help to reinforce that belonging in the classroom and in a school, you know. Yes. So the triple A, appreciation, yes. apologize, apologize, and aha, aha, nice. And not everybody contributes to every single one of those. You yeah, know, choose one or something. Yeah. One of the things that Owen says in his book is about culture never stands still. Every mm. day it shifts. How we deal with new situations redefines who we are really are and how we really do things. So I guess that's what you're talking about too. You've got your culture there, you've got your mantras, and then when things happen, we have a choice as an educator to reinforce our culture and this is the way we do it around here, or we have a choice to let it go. So do you want to say a little bit more about that? Yeah, so like a, a perfect example is I used to do yoga in the morning with my class. And I still do it, but I do it differently because it didn't fit with the kids and who they were, the, the group of children that I was working with and who they were. They just, that, that didn't vibe for them. It didn't work for them. And it and it actually caused, it caused dissension as opposed to togetherness. So we shifted and changed how we had that routine based on what they needed and based on the values of that group and how our values come together and grow together. I think that's it. Like, it's, I know it's a tiny example. Hmm. But it's an example of how we can shift and change and, and stretch those things so that we accommodate for who we have in our group. Mm. I think one of the other things that he talks about that really, as teachers, spoke to me was the power of trust and, you know, asking yourself the question, do the people in this group actually trust me? Do they trust their group? or not because if if there's no trust then you've got to wonder if there is belonging so I love what Owen says in his book he says you can't develop trust without transparency yeah so you need to be able to make sure that they know what's going on that they know who you are that you're going to be consistent in your actions yeah. to build that trust and it's about being available. It's about being adaptable. So it's it's flexible consistency, you know, it's human consistency. So it's not so cut and dry, there's no space for movement because that doesn't work either. It's, but it's being, does it, Nigel Latter used to talk about consistently inconsistent, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> can't remember. But it's about having enough flex in there, that flexibility, hmm. but also having really clear boundaries so that we know where we stand because you know if you don't know where you stand and you don't know who's going to turn up in your classroom because the teacher might be happy happy joy joy one day and and terribly not happy joy joy the next day 
and you don't know who they're going to be from one day to the next, you can't trust in that environment. There's no safety. And so, and belonging is about safety. If we go back to the, the cavemen times, it was about safety. That's why we had belonging and why we worked in groups. And in order to do that, we have to, yeah, in order to be able to be in the group and truly belong, we have to feel that we are safe enough to take risks and be vulnerable. Yeah, which is paramount in any classroom, that children are okay to, and that's how we stretch and grow, right? You've got to be able to take risks. You've got to be able to be vulnerable and move from there as well. And learning is, learning is, it is hard work. And you do have to go into that hard space that's uncomfortable. And doing that in a place where you feel safe and you know you belong makes it that much easier. And I think, you know, like what I loved about what Owen did was he uses examples from his work, which is largely in the sports arena and working at that high level, you know, international sports coaching situations and team dynamics and things like that. But he takes from those situations and, and it works in our families, it applies to our family, it applies to our classrooms, it applies to our sports groups that we belong to or our craft group or whatever hobbies we're belonging to. It's, it's sort of a universal message. And I think that's that's really powerful. And, and it's terribly readable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great book. I think he also talks about the importance of a teacher. Mm. Yes, and he does. And he actually shares a time for a personal story where as a, a young a young boy he had just turned six and his father died and if you think about that sense of belonging you know family is is is, a, is the first place where we find we belong for most of us and to lose lose his father at such a young age and his his teacher who was actually quite a young teacher at the time and just recently married so his teacher and 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 his and the teacher's wife sort of took him under their wing and gave him a new sense of belonging and helped him to get through this time of incredible and so he's still connected with those people now and he's he's a big grown up fella with his own family and i think that's just beautiful you know that small act of kindness and connection certainly made a difference for this young man when he was growing up and how often do teachers do those sorts of things so highly recommend this book called Belonging by Owen Eastwood. If you're anything like me who is passionate about education and lives with someone who's passionate about sport, I kept reading bits out loud. I kept saying, you've got to listen to this sporting analogy and this is what happened with this team and look what he did with this one. Uh, there was some great, wonderful nuggets there to be able both of our tanks as I was reading it out loud to my husband so I highly recommend that and as Meg just said it really does highlight that you know as teachers what we do really matters sure does thank you for listening to the teachers matter podcast we're eager to transform the lives of even more teachers and educators so please remember to like and review the show wherever you listen to this podcast it really helps and if you enjoyed the podcast and would like to have more resources and information, head on over and join us at spectrumeducation.com.